Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast, bright and early on Monday morning, the morning after the Art de Triomphe, multiple group ones over the weekend, new market to cover, and of course, Paddy Longchamp, which we will get to very shortly. I am joined as always by Brendan Duke, Kevin Blake, and a porridge eating Tony Calvin. Unlike yeah. you, to be having your breakfast on the pod, you must be hungry. I'm normally a banana man during the during the early starts, but uh, yeah, that's the um, the nearest you'll get to me to a Quaker, a Quaker's porridge. Yeah. <laughs> what what do Quakers do anyway, or what do, what they don't they do? I don't know. It's a cult, isn't it? Uh, Is it were they in that? Um, was it Witness? Oh no, they were Amish, weren't they? In that film, Witness. Yeah. yeah. That's a different thing altogether that I'm thinking about. Anyway, we've got a very international show, very international show, because Brendan Duke, you're not in your usual posse. Where are you? Well, I'll give you a hint, Vanessa. I am in a city where I plan to go to a museum, after which a national stakes winner is named, to look at a painting after which a 1,000 guineas winner is named, painted by a man who uh, the current anti-postlater for the 2024 Derby is named after. So, Halifax. Uh, the viewers can work that. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, um, I, am in, I am in the city oh, no, 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 of Madrid. To see... oh. Oh, right, okay. I was going to say answers. Of the, the listeners and viewers could have tweeted in their answers, but you've given it away, Brandon. But fair cop, you teed that up very nicely, in fairness. And Kevin Blake, you are in Paris, I believe, a weekend of being a Group 1 owner and talk to us about the highs and lows of that experience. Oh, sure, it was a great weekend, yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it. The weather was unbelievable. Um, race went as it went, uh, such as racing, such as five furlong sprints. Uh, what can you do? If you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So uh, we're, we're, we're laughing our way as best we can. <laughs> laughing your way to the breeding shed now. Is he set to retire now, is he? Uh, most likely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely, that was the the plan. Was the the two group one options, and um, I think yesterday was was probably his day, uh, when things were right. But unfortunately, um, the doors didn't open. No, very much slammed shut. But anyway, we move on. We move on. And if we're talking about horses potentially retiring, then we can focus in on the Arc de Triomphe winner himself, Ace Impact, three year old French Colt. Wins the big one. Um, he was kind of the rock star, Brendan, coming into this in terms of his profile, what he'd done on the track, his sectionals, his relatively unconventional prep. Everything tied into this being a great story. And for me personally, for all the other UK representatives in there and other nice stories, I just thought for racing and for the race itself, Ace Impact winning and in the style in which he won was the best result I think we could have hoped hoped for yeah uh, uh, unbeaten winner always pleasing french winner always pleasing the, just the the, the the style the elan if you will vanessa the, the, the way he does things i didn't know that planning to retire him actually had real hopes that he might come back come back as a four-year-old learning how to be a racehorse he's never settled better in a race than he settled here just i mean he, he literally could not have settled better off what well, wasn't a reasonable pace. I mean, they didn't crawl or anything, but uh, they, they didn't go a mad gallop. But uh, a, a, again, beautifully relaxed. And his trademark surge up the straight, he's just able to sustain these drives for longer than your your, your average horse. Uh, long, well, longer than I can't think of many horses who are capable of these lung bursting surges that he that that, that he is. Uh, the form looks really solid. Westover bringing in that Equinox line. Westover hasn't run a bad race all, all season, despite only winning one race. But he's been a credit to connections. The story checks out as regards the form. Winner looks a proper horse, and I hope that we get to see him as a four-year-old. Yeah, I mean, I say that statement about him potentially is very much potentially retiring after his three-year-old year. I think it's been sort of banded around that he may well be a one-season wonder, Kev, but you were there on the ground. What was the atmosphere like pre- and post-race? We saw his antics pre-race and, you know, I mentioned him being a rock star. He puts on a bit of a show in the, in the paddock, which is what Connections were fearful of. 
Um, but it didn't stop him delivering, as Brendan said, that power-packed finish in the closing stages. Yeah, look, he's done, he's done that before in terms of carrying on like that. He did it at Deauville the time before, Sean T the time before that. So it wasn't um, unexpected. And as Brendan says, like the real, like the thing for me was like, would, would he be as effective over the trip because he is so fast and he has these, he has this ability to 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 put in such like sh- really sharp um, sectionals in the late stages of his races. And the key was going to be how he settled. They didn't go mad early on in terms of pace, but he did relax very well. And um, he sure was able to carry that speed over a longer trip. And it was great. The, the atmosphere was great on track. I think a French trained winner of this race, like always goes down particularly well. And um, everyone involved, you know, very likable connections. And um, yeah, the, the atmosphere was great post-race. And uh, Kristen DeMuro got a, got a great kick out of it, clearly. Um, will he come back next year? I'd be, I'd be, I'd say fairly unlikely now. The, the deal that was done um, on him mid-season, you know, would suggest that he he's gonna go and and, and retire to stud um next year. Um, will we see him again full stop this season? Um, time will tell. Um, would be a shock to me if we didn't. Um, and look, he's a, he he is the real deal. You'd love to see him back again, but uh, commercial realities, etc. Um, but yeah, the great great performance. Uh, so some big runs in behind him. Um, the Japanese horse, True Seven Seas, came from a similar spot and went in rather than out and didn't get the clearest of runs, but um, ran very well in fourth. I'd say the Japanese would be absolutely um, headbutting a wall that they didn't throw more numerical um, power at this race because it was the, you know, the one in five or six, maybe maybe a little bit, um, little bit rarer where the ground comes up properly good to firm. Um, but there you go. I think it would even even Equinox, you'd hope, um, would have given the winner a big race. But I'm um, telling you, the, win- the winner's very good. So um, it would have been a contest, but there we go. He didn't turn up. Ace Impact did. And he's uh, put a cherry on top of what has been a brilliant season for him. TC, it's easy to get sort of wrapped up in the moment, caught up in the moment, I should say, and sort of call him a superstar, a rock star, unbeaten, etc., etc. But we can rely on you to step back from it and sort of look at it as the, what sort of standard of Arc de Triomphe do you think the 2023 running was this year? Well, if Westover's any any guide, and Westover's probably the most solid yardstick we've got in the Mile 4 division, um, 127 rated, that was a staggering performance, wasn't it? I know, you know, you look back further down the field and you can downplay it a little bit, but no massively massively impressed by that didn't see that coming whatsoever um yeah westover ran a very good race in behind um we should mention the we should mention the going i mean officially that's going to go in the form book as good to soft and if you look yeah. at, if you look on the racing post site now that that is being officially run on good to soft which is an absolute disgrace isn't it i mean it's good to firm probably time suggesting it's near a firm that good to firm so yeah, I don't know what I don't know what uh, I don't know what was going on with the official times. I mean, turf tracks in in the morning had it good to firm, and it was a a blazing day. So yeah, that that's that's a side issue. But no, massively impressed by that. Westover was very good. Hookham probably wanted a bit more ease, as did Baybridge. Um, yeah, very just just a very stunning performance. And I wonder who was on duty on Sky Sports Racing when that horse made its debut at Cannes in uh, in January. I want to go back, Vanessa, and find out who was on duty at 10 well, that morning and just see how uh, how gushing they were about the performance or not. Go back. It'll have been Laurent or Catherine, and Laurent has been a big supporter of Ace Impact for a very long time, as Jamie Lynch flagged up on our channel that uh, the horse is an analyst dream, really, because of what he does is so exceptional in terms of timing and what he can do in a race. So uh, they were all having a field day over on Sky Sports Racing with this horse. The only sadness is, as Kevin has touched upon and I sort of lent into, I just fear that we might not see him again. And that will be a real shame because for me, he has got superstar quality. We move on though. Yeah, um, just just finesse it quickly on on the ground thing. That's an interesting thing in itself. And yeah. if you go on, if you go on to the Turf Tracks Twitter account, they they have an article posted underneath their going updates to kind of explain what goes on because they use like a different measurement system over there, um, that basically reads softer than than the going stick does. 
Um, so that was why it, it's a relatively new thing that they released the going stick, um, as well as the the traditional uh, whatever they call it, the pentrometer, and um, the, right. it, that 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 was a much better guide. That you you knew where you stood all week with the going stick. In fairness, and you could see which way it was trending, and um, yeah, like it it, it was proper good to firm ground. Like I I stepped out, and anyone anyone would call it that that, that walks tracks around Europe. So, um, yeah. Okay, Jesus. Well, I mean, the times back that up. One of the two-year-old race won the fastest run in recent times, and yeah, I mean, we will get to that yeah. in due course. But yeah, um, I think I think Ace Impact's final three furlongs were the fastest three um, recorded since they've been doing that sort of thing. So that kind of contextualizes how quick he was finishing. Wow. Um, whilst we're talking about three-year-olds and decent performances, TC, do you want to mention Horizon Door here because? His performance in the pre-dollar might have gone a little bit under the radar. Obviously, we had Group 1 action left, right and centre, but the Group 2 pre-dollar saw Horizon Door win at a very short price and win as he liked, really. But um, crucially, he's going to be favourite, is he? Is he Is he favourite now for the Champions yeah, Stakes Ascot? He's 4-1 to favourite for the Champions Stakes uh, Ascot on October the 21st. So, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's coming over. Um didn't have to beat his best to win there. Came through late. Um, like I said, the forms didn't have to improve to win that, but just visually, he's just a very impressive horse, isn't he? And uh, probably the rightful favourite for that Ascot race in three, just under three weeks' time. Well, it doesn't look the strongest, does it? But it'd be helped if the likes of Bay Bridge tipped up. Obviously, it'd be a relatively quick turnaround for him. We will find out about that shortly, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about a couple of the other older horses' performances because we've got loads of classy two-year-old races to get through. But just whilst we're on older horses, Brendan Trushan winning the Cadran. Um you know, he's really back now. He's backed up the win when we mm. last saw him. He's gone to France. Look, he was on all known form. That was his race for the taking. It didn't look the strongest running of that. But he remains an incredible horse, really. And now he's going to head to Champions Day for the Long Distance Cup. But that is going to be a different proposition for him, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, this is this is really. I I, I think this is uh, really decent form. Emily Dickinson didn't run a race. I'll grant you that, but run for Oscar's a pretty solid stick, and to put seven lengths into him seems a very impressive performance uh, for, for me. And uh, raced aggressively as he does, True Sham, but none of the rank tendencies that he showed in Doncaster. I, mean, I have to say, the, the, the horse is just burnishing his legacy. Um, I was convinced that he'd gone at the game, basically, as indeed he was entitled to. I mean, if ever a horse was entitled to go gun-shy, it was true, Shank, given how many wars he's been involved in. But maybe it was as simple as they just they just needed to have a little uh, tinker with his wind. And uh, they, that, that's made the difference. That seems the logical conclusion, given that I've been proven hopelessly wrong yet again. But delighted to be, I mean, just a, a, a warrior of the turf. Very impressive performance. I'm inclined to believe the form, as I mentioned earlier, and will take plenty of beating in the long-distance cup, I would have thought. Who would have thought they'd been running that horse on the wrong ground all its career? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. In it incorrectly as well. I mean, I think I was like, it's three to one uh, for the uh, the stayers on uh, Ascot on October the 21st. And I think that's, I think three to one's big because Kiprios has got to back up that reappearance run. Um, not sure what else is going to go there. Maybe Courage, Monami and stuff like that. I thought Freeze was big. I had just a quick look on the exchange and it's 4.7 and um, I'm, I'm considered back in that because they must they must think now that you know all this good to firm nonsense you know that's out the that's out the that's out the door now. I mean, like I said, it's that that, that performance was something. How many times has that horse? You, well, I had a look, so I know. Obviously, so I'm asking the question. How many times has that horse been a non-runner on uh, uh, unsuitable ground or good to firm in its career? Oh, eight, eight, or ten, eight, eight or ten. I was going to go seven actually. So. Five. Oh, no flies on Brendan. Seven. So uh, they've been uh, that horse's career very much like Stradivarius the other way. <laughs> heavy, heavy um, time it was it's like not a wasted career now. Come on, it's not a wasted oh, yeah, but career. You know what I mean? It's like seven wasted opportunities. It's kind of like madness. Yes, yeah. Kev, I think when I say it's a different proposition at Long Distance Cup, I'm I'm envisaging Kiprios to be there and for him to be back to his near his best after that decent last effort. Um, and he'll surely put it up to Trushan, who, as TC said, three to one currently cut from fours 
for Ascot on Champions Day? Yeah, look, I, I would remain a, a little bit sceptical. And I know he's he's won his last two now, Group 2 and a Group 1, but I just don't think the form is, is of the level that the race starter suggests. You know, I think once Emily Dickinson... Um, didn't go on the ground. Incidentally, um, that that was what um Ryan uh, Frankie sorry reported back there. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think it was much of a race. The runner up like is a is is a middling horse for this level. So, um, yeah, tougher tasks await. And if it's Kiprios, um, I know which way I'd be pricing it. But uh, look, time will reveal all. Trushan's a horse with a following. Um, he might be perceived as being back now. So. Um, yeah, that'll be fascinating to see how that's priced up if it happens. Yeah, a difference of opinion, but I'd be raw. I think I'm with Kevin more so than Brendan. But anyway, time will tell. We will look forward to Champions. They'll be building up to it plenty, of course, on this show and racing any better. Other older horse performances to get through. Um, let's go over to Newmarket. Uh, TC, we saw Trawler Man win the Rose Bowl, but obviously only a two-finisher race, three runners to start with, only two finished, so a bit of a nothingness race. But he has also been cut for the Long Distance Cup. Any interest in him at 25s? No, how, how they can justify cutting him on the back of a 25s on win, oh, <laughs> that's absolutely ludicrous. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, they probably can't just but they've done it anyway. 25 <laughs> to 1 he is from 33s. Uh, Brendan, what about Time Lock? Um, again, sticking with Newmarket, this time for the Charlton Yard. This four-year-old mare, winner of the Dubai Stakes over in Newmarket. And, I mean, she's taken an awful lot of time to get her act together, but she does mm. look like she is now there. She's been cut to 14s for the Phillies and Mares at Ascot on Champions Day from 33s. Like, she's still a way off that sort of company, isn't she? Or maybe it'll be a nothing. That, I don't know what sort of race that's going to turn into. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you took this form literally, and she was well back for, in fairness, beating a, 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 a well-back filly in second of, of the Gosdens, who was very, very promising. I mean, it looks, it, it was a devastating performance uh, visually, um, I suppose I'm like you. I'm thinking, where where has she been? I mean, she she she'd been running well all season, granted, but looked fairly exposed as as a moderate sort of listed maybe Group Three filly. So this run has sort of come out of nowhere, but what wasn't a surprise to the market, which has me sort of questioning: Have I missed something here? I I'd want to see it again. Um, I'd I'd, I'd be skeptical about the form, um, but there's no doubt she couldn't have been more impressive on the day. All right. And the other one that was cut for the Phillies and Mares was Sea Silk Road. She was cut to 12 to 1 from 25s. But Kev, I'm right in saying she's she's another one on the retirement list after Art Weekend, isn't she? I think she's done and dusted by the sounds of things. Yeah, I'd say so. Look, that, that, was, uh, that was a big job done now. Um, again, don't know about the level of the form. It um there there were some funny ones quite close up there, but she was quite impressive. Um, like I found her a tricky one to work out over the years. Um, but look, this this was this was a great way to, for her to finish, wasn't it? Um, mm. Group One win in the bag. Fair play to all concerned. Yeah, job done. Very much so when it comes to that pedigree page. Right, let's get stuck into the two year olds, guys, because over here in Newmarket and. In Longchamp, there were some excellent performances. Uh, we will start off in Longchamp. Let's do the Philly first in Opera Singer. She won the Primalcel Boussac for Aidan O'Brien. Justified favouritism from the front end. Good ground, a justify on good ground. We knew that the mile is what she wants and appreciates. And I was actually really taken with her, Kev, I think. I, um, Darnation disappointed me. I was really wanted her to put up a good showing. Ground probably went against her. But opera singer, for me, I, I, the more I watched it back, the more impressed I was with her. Yeah, like, and she's been a bit of a revelation. Like, every single time she stepped out in the track, she's taken, like, a like a big jump forward. Like, she was beating 10 lengths on her debut behind Ylang Ylang. And literally every time she's, like, found, found, like, a stone or 10 pounds. And she's probably done something similar again here. Like, she's she's very good, um, very strong late on. Um, and she'll look another one for Justify, who's two year olds this year, have just um, have really jumped out of the ground, um, you know, headed up by City of Troy, obviously. Um, so, yeah, on she goes. Um, you like, she's going to stay, God, she's going to stay 10 furlongs, isn't she? You'd mm -hmm. hope. 
I know uh, her dam her dam is, is an answer to a quiz question. I'm fairly oh. sure I could be wrong now, but um I think her dam and I'm open very much open to correction here because it was a long time ago. I think her dam might be like the maybe the only or one of only a handful of um offspring of saddlers wells that won a stakes race over six furlongs at um at at three year older. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's right, but again, um, fellas with beards and glasses can can correct me on that. If, if I was going to say, actually, that's a very boring quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> fellas, the fellas like me are easily, you know, <laughs> occupied. Um, but yeah, look, she's been a brilliant broodmare. In fairness, um, they haven't all. They, they, a lot of them have, have shown an awful lot of promise at two, and haven't necessarily boomed on a tree. We'll we'll put that little proviso beside it. Um. But yeah, really, really impressive, really good. Um, don't know if we'll see her again. I didn't. I was on track, so I didn't hear any of the post race chitter chat. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd look forward to her next year for sure. Yeah, any chit chat about where if we will see her again? TC, she's been a cut obviously for the Oaks and the one thousand guineas next year. For the Oaks, she's an eight to one shot. For the thousand guineas, she's around the seven to one shot cut from sixteens beforehand. Um, do we expect to see her? Anywhere else this season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the fives for the guineas is probably fair. I, I, I've got a question for Brendan in a minute, actually. But I, I was surprised to see her running the brew set because I was told that after that winning Ireland last time, they were going to go straight to the Phillies Mile. But they probably saw the brew set was, was winnable. So they, they went there. So I doubt they'll double up there. But I know she's an outstanding prospect, isn't it? Just, just on... I know this is kind of like counterintuitive with anti-post betting, Brendan, when putting on your odds, odds compiler hat. Mm. Was there any ever demand for non one and no bet anti-post? Because she's five for the guineas now. I'd probably want to... I'd rather back her something like nine to four non one and no bet for the guineas. I mean, I know... She could get there, having been in a prep, and she could be tens, or she could be win a win a prep and be four to five. Was there any ever demand or discussion about that? Because obviously, I don't like backing horses, you know, next week, let alone seven months in advance. But it's just something that occurred to me when I was looking at the anti-post prices after the weekend. Uh, I, I, there was never any great demand that we would occasionally get a, a pre uh, hashtag request of bets people could email in and they would ask us for a non-runner no bet and we'd, we'd happily quote them and I suppose the request a bet thing means that you, you, you could ask your bookmaker and I'm sure again they, they, they would they would happily quote you. I think anti-post punters I know it's not what it was but I think in terms of if you sat them down on a couch to analyze them, they're sickos by nature. So they love that part of it, that they can have some a ticket all winter and then it steps on a stone five days before the race. Yeah. Um and it's it's just part of the it's just part of their mentality and they're they're able to cope with it. But uh, I, I, my my hunch is we we didn't see any great demand for it as I said despite the occasional request which we would answer but to put up a separate book obviously is quite a, a bit of work so it just the, the, the there wasn't the demand to justify the effort but with the request of bet now I'm sure if you uh, hashtag do you like to hashtag if you hashtag your bookmaker and ask for a number or no back quote I'll give you one well, there's there's one Vanessa oh, yeah. now for for just just for, as given we've already mentioned the fellas with the beards and the glasses. I wonder can any of them find examples of broodmares that have had three individual Group One winning two year olds like this mare now has. Wow, um, she's had she's had a Cheveley Park winner, she's had a Breeders Cup Juvenile Turf winner, and now she's had a Boosac winner. Geez, there can't have been loads of those. Maybe I'm missing loads of obvious examples, but geez, I can't imagine that's been an overly common. Ryan mentioned that in his column actually, because those okay. two, those two half sisters were by Warfront, I think, and um, yeah. obviously they didn't really kind of like kick on, did they? But obviously, with this being by Justify, it uh, gives you a lot more hope that well, she will have a stellar three-year-old career. Let's hope she does. We need to roll on because we've got other good two-year-old performances to talk about. We will stick in France and cover Rosalian, who won the, uh, the Lagardère, justified the faith that Richard Hannon had in him. Uh, Brendan, 
in the sense that he was like it was well reported how Hannon was so disappointed after this horse got beat when we last saw him at Doncaster and and one for the UK two-year-old so it's only right that I throw to you for this Brendan one for us yeah, no, I don't, well, well, I was delighted because going into Doncaster, Rosalian was the English two-year-old I was most, the British two-year-old, should I say, uh, that I was most excited about after that devastating performance in Ascot, a race that has subsequently worked out very well. So whatever happened in Doncaster, most likely the ground, he was a bit keen in the race as well, and roar back here. Um uh, I mean, unquestionable probably isn't a star, but he's in and around those sort of two-year-old form lines where he's to, to, to beat him comfortably is very respectable form. Uh, again, in three of his four starts, Rosalian has just looked the real deal. I know Vanessa that he's still in the Dewhurst um, and there would be uh, probably enough time if he came out of the race very well to take a chance and maybe pitch him in against City of Troy which uh, I'd be uh, licking my lips about that and I need us to say I think City of Troy would lay waste to him but I, I could say that about every two-year-old in the world never mind in Britain uh, but <laughs> I, I, I would I, I would like to see it and Hannon's, Hannon's quite an aggressive campaigner himself so I don't think it's a million that he could rock up from the Jewers. Yeah I was just about to say it's, it's not the it's not the sort of thing that Hannon will be scared of doing is it Kev? Mm. You might expect something like that from him? Um, possibly, but like you, you know, you think this is a guinea's horse, and they might just could you know take a breath and say, okay, look, we won a group one now. Let, let's chillax a little bit and, and and think about next May, maybe. But it's 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 a thirteen day gap, so it's it, it's a sharp enough turnaround. Um, given that he was on basically a two week gap from Doncaster to here, so um, we'll we'll wait and see. But I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they take a breath, um. Big one for Blue Point, Group One winner in his first crop. Um, to follow on from Big Evs, so um, yeah, all the team there will be will be uh, cock a hoop. Yeah, all aboard the Blue Point train. Um, now he Rosalian was cut for the two thousand guineas from thirty threes to sixteens. But if we're talking about the guineas prospects, then maybe the most sort of noteworthy one would be Van Deek who won the Middle Park Stakes uh, for the Crisford operation so impressive he keeps his unbeaten record he's this breeze up horse he's come through the sales ring path he's a breeze up by and he's just doing very little wrong he's confirmed the form with River Tiber from Deauville and TC he's been cut for the Dewhurst he's six to one for the Dewhurst and same rules apply in terms of quick turnaround and he's 10 to one from 16s for the 2000 guineas um but he looks I mean he's just so impressive I, I just can't get over how uh, sort of that turn of foot in the closing stages he's so likable yeah um I think most people think he's a six furlong horse and a sprinter so I I Keep your money in your pocket as regards to the Dewhurst and the Guinness. Um, I think they'll probably just, they might try to stretch him out, but he just looks a Commonwealth Cup horse, doesn't he? Surely they might just see, you know? Nah. <laughs> Ed, Crisford was, uh, Ed Crisford wasn't making very positive noises post-race about uh, any Guinness or uh, Dewhurst tilts. That's all I can tell you. All no, the I, 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 Yeah. Train. I think the the programs there. I think he he, lo he looks very fast. He is very fast. He is very good, and um, yeah. Why 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 ch why change what's working would be my guess. Unless he does, he you know his character changes. And I'd be I'd be, in terms of if you're pricing up what group one is he going to run in the Guineas in the Commonwealth Cup? I'd be going fairly heavy odds on Commonwealth Cup. Could do both, of course, but I suspect it'll be just the Commonwealth Cup. Well, it's it's a route that is there as an option. If they want to try him up in trip, they can for a classic. And if it doesn't work, nothing lost. Drop back down, win a Commonwealth Cup in Jeep. Come on, guys. Yeah. He, well, it, yeah, no, no, I, I love your aggressive campaigning, needless to say, Vanessa. I'm just basing all of this on uh, what the boy Christopher said uh, post-race. But he's some bit of stuff, this Van Dijk, isn't he? Because he's still doing it and he's still learning on the job. You know, he, he pulled himself up in front a bit in Goodwood. Uh, Everett was fairly straightforward in the morning, but I didn't think it was totally straightforward on Saturday. He missed the break. That's just the way he rolls. But he tried to get away from the doiler in, in, in the sort of early to middle part of the race. He really had to, had to restrain him and then had to wait for a gap. But once he saw the gap, I, 
I mean, I, I think there's, st- there's still more there as he learns to race, but he's got, got some engine this horse. And I, I'll just very briefly, I, I know we're pressed for time, but uh, a shout out to Task Force, who's another one um, with this. Um, we, if we're going to do our racing quiz, his, his dam is, uh, is a quiz question, of course. Uh, but, but she did win again. She won two guineas in the stewards room uh, and by a, by a guineas winner uh, I, I'd say that they'd be the uh, King Rafe would be delighted with that run on the third start of his career looks tomorrow to stay the guineas trip at least and uh, a very promising run so he's, he's a horse to look forward to yeah, given given the given the size of his nose um, Ed Christmas has to tell the truth because he can't risk he can't risk telling lies and that hooter to get much bigger can he no so no <laughs> we, like I said, I uh, I saw that immediately after the race as I, I put into the WhatsApp group. Obviously, you were all absolutely horrified that I do that. The biggest hooter in racing, and there was some there was some cracking there was some cracking uh, suggestions. I I thought Atten Kirby was no offers, but then uh, Gerald Mosse comes on my screen yesterday, and uh, Lofty chimed in with Ahmed Ashtabi, and um, I went back and had a look at some of the pictures. Now he has got an impressive nose, hasn't he? And uh, it 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 uh, it, uh, it got the classic line from Barber. He said uh, that that guy he can smell a Sunday roast on a Tuesday, which I thought was one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we can always rely on Dan Barber to come out with a corker like that, um, right? It was great. It was instantaneous as well. So he must have used it before. Other than that, he's he's very quick witted. But yeah, and that was a that was a beauty. Smell a roast in a on a Tuesday. Beautifully put. I mean, a little bit of a divert there in terms of uh, people in racing's noses, but we move on. We move on. Um, let's stick with Team Crisford because they had a hell of a, what turned out to be 20, just over 24 hours. They won the Rockfell Stakes the day before on the Friday in Newmarket with Carla's Way. Um, Ylang, Ylang, big disappointment in behind again, but Carla's Way beat Shawari. Shawari, a few excuses. How do we rate Carla's way, Kev? Where do we sit with her in terms of the two-year-old fillies at this point? Um, oh, look, you have to put her... Well, she, she's not up at the top, is she? But, uh, like, she was impressive here. The runner-up, um, you know, I, I, I think I think Oshin would, would, would have loved another another go at it. Um, would have loved another, another go at it. You'd love to see a rematch. I think it would be a much closer on thing. And look, yeah. you have, you know, look, it was two and a quarter lengths. Like that's a fair distance of ground. But um, Shuari did shape a fair bit better than the bear result, I thought. Um, but look at Carla's way. It was up there in the van the whole way. Um, you know, what wasn't spared at any stage and ultimately won quite well. So um, she might have a shot of, 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 me, of upholding that form. I suppose you have to bear in mind with Shuari that... Um, she did come into it off the back of an interrupted prep and maybe the run would bring her on and maybe they didn't want to put her into the teeth of the race given the interrupted prep. Um, so as we often do in racing, I'd love to see a rematch. Don't know if we'll get to see it um, anytime soon. Hopefully we will. But um, I wouldn't be knocking. I, I sound like I'm, I'm not knocking Carla's way in that now. I'm just, I, I think Shawari can do better than she did. Um, but but Carla's way was very good and she ultimately won by two and a quarter lengths, which isn't um, isn't heads and necks, you know. So you have to give her full credit. Just taking yeah. the piss out of the, uh, Ed Christman, but Simon and Ed Christman, not only do they have those two winners, but they actually they won a group two in France on the Saturday. Um, yeah, poker face as well. So yeah, a brilliant few days for that. It's very impressive. Yeah, it was it yeah. was tw- twenty five hours, two group twos and a group one. It's pretty good going. Um, Quick word now. Should we she's, move on, sorry. Brendan? Do you want to no, give a quick well, word? Well, no, just so just for Carla's way. She's half interesting. She's the kind of filly you could see running well at a big price in the guineas, isn't she? Because you know, in in Newmarket, obviously, you're more likely to get quick ground because driest place, one of the driest places in England. Um, but you, you can get pace biases of funny things happening in guineas. There, she's proven on the track. She'll be on the pace. She has experience. She's the kind of filly you could see running a big race at a big price at a 1,000 guineas, I think. Well, she was cut to 12 to 1 from 40s. Mm. So yeah. maybe as big a price as you'd be looking for. Um, I, yeah, I should say there's half, there's half a chance we might get the rematch in the Phillies mile. That'd be super. Um, yeah. It'd be a, be a different trip, obviously. But there is a possibility, seemingly just reading through the, the post-race blurbs that that might happen. 
Yeah, she's four to one. Opera singer. Um, sorry, no, that is not true. Uh, she is. Do I have a price for Carla's way? Phillies Mile. She's five to one from fourteens for the Phillies Mile, and yeah, she is. Yeah, twelve. Sh Shawari is six to one for the Phillies Mile. There you go. The rematch could be on. Uh, we will stick with Phillies. The group on Chibley Park went the way of Porter Fortuna. Um, now, she could be Breeders' Cup bound, obviously owned by US-based owners. And she's been such a crack solid two-year-old this season. Obviously, we didn't get to see Relief Rally in there, Kev. So that was sort of took away from the Chibley Park. But once again, Porter Fortuna, you know, she's done it against the girls. She's she's put it up to the boys and then back against the girls in the Chibley Park. And She's just she's just been solid as a rock really all season. To be fair to Dunica's team, yeah, she has, and like a, like I don't know if she's improved loads here. I suspect she she has improved a bit, I'd say, but um with relief rally coming out, um the French filly, you know, very disappointing. A couple of others like Soprano, you know, didn't run her race. Mm -hmm. Um, so so you just would pull back. Um, the the level a little bit, but that's not her fault, and she ultimately um won quite well, you know, up there in the van the whole way, and was well on top, you know, and I I'm sure I've talked about it before, like she's clearly fast, but um it, it'd be fascinating to see how far she gets, because like I, I remember her her damn racing like very clearly, like she was a middle distance filly that that I think nearly certain she got two miles. Um and she's by Caravaggio who was a sprinter, but but his his offspring seemed to stay much better than he did himself. Um, but in fairness, but you know, the more you see of a horse on the on the track, the more the the track evidence you know supersedes the pedigree evidence. And I suppose based on what we're seeing from her so far, um, she does seem to be faster than her own pedigree suggests she probably should be. Um, so yeah, what they do with her will be interesting. You'd assume they might give her a chance to stay a mile at some point. Um, but they did try seven and ended up coming back to six here, and they've got a got a group one win in the bag off the back of it. Yeah, um, I hope I hope she might go over to America for a Breeders' Cup. That would be exciting um, if they went down that route. And Kev, we will stick with you because one for racing any better viewers with Ghostwriter won the Royal Lodge for you. That was your tip, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was um, he was very well backed actually, which which was interesting. Um and and he's a, he's a lovely lovely horse. I think he could be, I think he could be very good. He's three from three now. This was his biggest test by a mile. Um, you'd love the way he does it. Um, like, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how far he stays in the fullness of time. But uh, I'd say a mile suits him pretty well. And um, yeah, you, I I like him now. Capulet maybe a shade disappointing. Looked like a horse that'll be maybe more of a mid distance type next year. But yeah, Ghost Rider was very good. Just like you'd love his. The way he does it, um, and yeah, he looks a he looks a proper horse. I thought. Ghostwriter currently ten to one from sixteens for the Futurity, and has it been introduced at sixteens for the two thousand guineas? TC, would either of those prices excite you? Yeah. Negative. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay, on we go then. A uh, couple of others worth mentioning. Uh, Tashkan has been cut to 14 to 1 from 20s for the Cesarich, um, off the back of winning the Watergate Cup in basically water up at Chester. Terrible conditions, but Tashkan got the job done. Would you be in any, do you have any liking for him in the Cesarich, TC? Yeah, it's a favourite of mine. <laughs> soft ground, soft ground, um, and a falling handicap mark. Saw him win at Chester. I think he picks up a four pound penalty for that which puts him in at 109. It's just a matter of whether they'll go there or they'll try the Champions Cup again, which he finished second in to Trushan in 2021. So maybe hold your bets until you find out where he's going to go. Me and 109 in the Cesarewicz, which is a, a fair ask. But yeah, it's all dependent. It's, if you get soft ground, he's a decent group. One and a half tall, isn't he? <laughs> um... We won't go down that route again. No, we can't. We have a row at one point five or two point five. Yeah, it's very confusing because it's we're. Not, it's, it's not. It's very simple. It's one we're point. not. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> um, last horse to mention, Brendan Blue Rose Ten won the Opera, uh, getting back to winning ways. But let's just be honest, she's not the filly we hoped she was. Like people were talking about her as an art course, she wouldn't have been 
in the places in an arc on that performance, would she? No, oh, that's true. That's true. I suppose she proved her, her ground versatility at, at the weekend, but a, a narrow victory here. Uh, she's probably never going to quite live up to her, her early season promise. The form of that of, of those races they didn't uh, work out in fairness. It, it turned out to be more uh, style style than substance. But um, she she is effective early in the season. She is effective on deep ground, so she could be you know she could she could work a Gane or something next year. Would would it wouldn't totally shock me. But um, she had a, she had a right good season in fairness. What, what was that? Was that a fourth group one? She she she, she won her third or fourth group one at the. Um, so, so, so I take your point. I, I was getting very excited about her. Like it seems you were early in the season, and she's probably not going to be as good as we thought. But still, uh, she showed plenty of heart at the weekend. Yeah, fair. That's fair. And look, winning a few Group Ones. I mean, we're being picky, aren't we? Very, very picky. Kevin's there, like it's the stop of dreams. Or <laughs> four-time Group One win in Philly. Uh, she's not that good, is she? When the when the women plays the yak, yoke, get rid of her. <laughs> yoke. No, I'm. I'm being. I'm. We've got to be tough on this podcast. That's the way this works. Um. Uh, Brendan, last last word to you in race review section because oh, yeah. curveball is not in the running order, but we have to give the last word to Kin Ross. How how did he not oh, win that? God. <laughs> yes, um, very 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 tough scenes for the lads trying to get out in the far away. Um, yeah, it was just uh, one of those, wasn't it? Uh, what, what can you say? We we move on as Kinross moves on. He's a he's just he's just a hardy horse. He he won't stress about these things onto the Breeders' Cup, where again he'll probably run off his face and could well win. He's just a machine. Yeah, he's and, look, a- and, and, and Vanessa, we we better mention before we wrap up the race review section. One of one of the highlights of yesterday, of course, was watching the Frankel of the Arabian horse world, al Gadir, absolutely bolt up in the Arabian Gold Cup. I know Tony Calvin enjoyed that. Come on, yeah, good thing. What a horse. I had nine grand I had nine grand to win two to get out of trouble. <laughs> I was riveted. Riveted. Um and yeah, if Brendan Duke is talking about Kin Ross not getting everyone out of trouble in the foray, then People were just in trouble in all sorts of different ways in Longchamp because you heard about the trains home all cancelled due to... No? Oh, no, some, really? Yeah, disaster. Oh, wow. So all those people, I'm not going to name any names, but there were some racing journalists who had booked quite a, tra- a tight Eurostar back. And so they booked it so they got a flyer after the foray. Now imagine thinking, yep, yeah, Frankie Vittori's last Group 1 ride at Longchamp, he may well win it, but I tell you what, we'll get a quick flyer. Then on top of that, he goes into the steward's room, so there's a real kerfuffle, and then by the time you do get to the train station, your train's cancelled anyway. Not Ooh. a good end for some to uh. Harry Longchamp. But anyway, it's been fun looking back on it, some good performances, and... All aboard Ace Impact for his stallion career now. Shame, but I think that is the way it will go. Um, let's talk about a few topics we need to get through, guys. Um, it's been relatively slow news and topics week, I think it's fair to say. But a bit of drama at Killarney on Saturday. Um, Johnny Fien had a muddle up. The trainer, Johnny Fien, had a muddle up with his two runners, uh, Anno Mana and Indigo Fire were confused and Anomana won the tote.ie handicap, but it was actually Indigo Fire as a horse. So people thought it was Anomana, but it was actually Indigo Five. So um, we've been here before with horses running under different names by mistake. Johnny Fien came out, came out to be fair to him, put his hands up, did an interview on racing TV, said it was human error. He was late to the track. Someone else tacked the horse up. And as Kevin Blake and others have pointed out, the two horses did look very similar. But it's one of those mistakes that in a professional sport we just simply can't have. Yet it's happened once again, Kev. Yeah, look, look disappointing for everyone. Um, Johnny Fien, in fairness, couldn't have been. Um, he stuck his hands up, said he was running. He was late down to the track. Um and yeah, look, the, the Irish field actually put up um put up a good 
um, a good X on X, if that's what we call it now, um, rather than Twitter, that uh, with two upsides photos that I mean, facially, like they do look, they do look very similar in terms of marking. So you can see how it might happen, um, shouldn't happen anyway. Um, and look at we've been here before as Galway Festival two years ago that famously was the three or four year old ended up winning the winning the two year old race. Um and look at the, the we all know how to stop this happening. You know, you scan them on the way into the parade ring, which they do in um in plenty of jurisdictions. They do it in Irish point to points. Um, you know, they 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 at the minute in Ireland they scan the they scan them the winners after the race to make sure, and that's why they picked up this one, and it was picked up before the winner all right was announced, which is um, you know, uh, uh, uh which is a, a positive in a terrible situation. But um, look at I think they just have to. I think they just have to bite the bullet here and scan them on the way into the parade ring. Can I, I think, just you know. ask? Like I, I'm not being stupid here. I don't think. But so somebody's there with a scanner to scan the winner. That's obviously their job. So why couldn't their job role be changed to scan every horse going to the parade ring? I don't understand why logistically that doesn't work. Yeah, it's just one of those, you know, is it easier to scan one or, you know, potentially 30 in a maiden hurdle at Navin? Um, you know, I think that's the that's the logic. Um, but you know, by doing it the way they do it, you know, there's a possibility that the wrong horse is, is running in races and finishing down the field and we never find out because they're not they're not right. scanned. So, so they um, only scan the winner. That's uh, I believe so. I'm open to so, correction. So, so basically this could have happened. So basically, obviously you're betting the play sources obviously affect the betting. And they're not being scanned. So how many times has this happened before that we don't know about? Yeah, you'd like to think it's happened, you know, very, very rarely. But the possibility for it having happened and us not knowing about it is there because the system at the minute isn't um, watertight and um, and and it should be. It's too, it's too important not to be, really. Um, so hopefully, well, you know, as, as Brendan would say, you know, after Galway two years ago, lessons should have been learned and they should have made it um, watertight. But maybe lessons will be learned this time, Vanessa. Well, Lynn, how do you think, Brendan? Do you think this is can't keep happening? I mean, twice in two years, once in 10 years is too many times. Twice in two years is becoming a bit of an issue, isn't it? Uh, yes. And I've I, I been... Mean, picked it up relatively quickly, but with the turnaround and bookmakers trying to get money back into their customers' accounts and lads in, in betting shops getting paid out before the way in. And, and I'm not on the track as well. A lot of the time, the bookies will, will know their customers and uh, the, 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 the money will work out. But casual punters, I'm sure it's cost the bookies money as it, as it always does in this case. Some of them just obviously decided they didn't want to go through the whole rigmarole of taking the money back out of customers' accounts. So they just paid out on, on two winners. But it, it shouldn't be the responsibility of the, book, the bookmakers to just clean up these messes. And it does seem very straightforward to even, even if there are 30 runners. I mean, we're plumbing the depths of, of my ignorance here, but barcodes seem fairly foolproof to me. I mean, it, it's just like in Tesco, you, you just the, the horse goes by and beep, and that's oh, yeah, beep. You know, even to do that 30 times doesn't seem like a cruel amount of work for, for, for someone. And if it could stop this situation arising again, it's surely worth the effort. Yeah, I was I think disappointed I... that the paddock watchers didn't. Uh... Listen to all these paddock watchers on 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 all the channels, and they can tell you every chapter and verse about a horse having not seen him for six months, about how he's developed when they've seen about three thousand horses in the interim, and oh. they miss this. It's absolutely criminal. It, it's as if these paddock judges are total frauds. Hey, hey, now come on, <laughs> none of that. A TVC uh, okay, TVC. well, that's that's some nice sample, boys. But it was, <laughs> filly. It, was, it was it was the difference between a three-year-old filly and a four-year-old filly who are very similar markings. And I mean, you, you yeah. can get you can get big you can get big three-year-olds and small four-year-olds. Um, yeah, yeah. The the trainer would be absolutely mortified. But if he was running late and he just went in, I mean, when he's in the parade ring, he should he should really see it. He he should know his horses like the back of the back of his hand but but if he's in the prairie he's running late he's just rushing to shake the owner's hands and he doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to the horse you can see how it's a sort of a ripples of chaos job isn't it it starts mm. off by being a delay delay on a motorway in monaster evan or something and it ends up with the wrong horse running in a race but anyway yeah i think um, just on the, 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 the pad 
just on the paddock judges picking it up, the the one of the funnier little ripples of the one at Galway two years ago was um you know it was obviously a three-year-old running a two-year-old race and Fran Berry was delighted with himself because on racing TV <laughs> previewing the race he picked out the three-year-old as the pick of the paddock. Just remember TV. remember the new market one with Aidan O'Brien. He yeah, yeah. Was oh, yeah. yeah. Midlurth, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 TC, um, you you should have been watching Newcastle on Friday night where I was because it was it was all about the paddock at Newcastle on Friday night. I was doing a lot of paddock inspecting, and I saw I think the biggest three year old I've ever seen in my life. And now I'm wondering if it was the right horse. No, I joke, a yeah. joke. It obviously was, <laughs> but uh, King of the Plains is one of the biggest three year olds I've ever seen in my life. Just as an FYI, um, one for, that's for you, TC. Uh, we will stick with you, TC, because we need to talk about a couple of things happening over here in the UK, a few complaints on Twitter and you're across all things Twitter slash X these days. Um, Foss Lance have had some stones thrown at it off the back of the very late abandonment call yesterday. It was obviously on Sky Sports Racing. It was due to, the card was due to run alongside Longchamp and it got a late abandonment due to waterlogging. Um, now, Amy Murphy, I think, was the main tweet we're highlighting, came out and basically said, you know, how come it's taken you until such a late moment to call the rate the, the card off when the track was waterlogged beforehand, essentially? Um, so it's a bit of an uproar here, not helped by the fact that Fosslass is, of course, in the arse end of nowhere. It costs everyone a fortune to get to. Lots of owners end up staying down there or on the way to Fosslass because it's too far to drive there and back in a day and it's a little bit disappointing that they chose to call it off at the last minute given how bad conditions were yeah i mean i i didn't know anything about it till it appeared on the running order obviously i wasn't watching it live so but apparently it got called off 10 minutes after the first race when it was actually abandoned they didn't they didn't seem to have got that much rain for the previous two hours i mean it was only about 10 mil on the two hours beforehand so um no it's does, is, is that still independently owned by Dive Waters, that track? No, our corners now, don't they? Oh, oh do they? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, obviously, good luck with the compensation. Um, yeah, it's just, just very bad. But I, I will bring your attention to something, uh, a tweet from Lawrence Bellman, who's, you know, well-known well known owner. You know, he's quite a measured guy. Um, not sure if he's on the piss on Sunday, but he, he, actually, um, he actually tweeted this, so whether or not it's kind of like factually correct or not. But like I said, knowing Lawrence, um, I think this is probably, you know, might well be accurate, but, we'll, you know, I'll leave that out there. He actually, I'll just read out what he tweeted. He said, this time last year, I lost a horse due to the inadequacies of the staff at this so-called race course. They are not fit to uh, to put on flat racing, which is an incredibly punchy thing to put out there. Um, well, I'm not entirely sure what incident that's. Related. No, no, nor am I. But like I said, I, I actually met Lawrence a couple of weeks ago. He was at Burt's Poker Night and uh, had a chat with him there. You can't get a more kind of like, like I said, he's he's not one to kind of like fire out these kind of tweets and stuff like that. So I don't know what's going on there. But well, uh, one thing I will say, a lot of bad will towards Fosslass in general. But. Well, one thing I will say, just in regards to the ground there, I. I was there the other day and this actually would have been what if it had been brought up on the show, it would have been one for UTC because there was a day there. You'd have to look back for the exact date, but I was the on-course reporter arrived. We'd had a lot of rain in the days leading up to the race day, but the race day itself was glorious, not a cloud in the sky. We started the day on good ground and by the end of the day, it had been changed, I think, three, two or three times. And we ended up on soft ground with blazing sunshine all afternoon and a bit of a breeze. Obviously, they got the ground wrong at the start of the day. But jockeys were going in and saying, it's not good ground, it's soft ground. And then it took them a while to change it. And eventually, they ended up on soft. Now, it did seem baffling to me that I was reporting on a going change, going from good to soft when we've had this glorious weather all afternoon and evening. Um, they obviously do have issues with the ground and the watering there, but I don't know what Lawrence is referring to. No. Maybe he can get in contact. 
Um, but clearly a few issues at that track in regards to those late calls, you know. They, ha they have had problems with the ground there before. Is it built on a quarry or something like that? Yeah, uh, it was an open-cast mine. An open-cast oh, yeah. mine. The moral of the story is do not build racetracks on open-cast mines. That's a good one for us going forward, Brendan. I'll, I'll endeavour not to do that in my in the future um what about warwick tc another one for you this is something you flagged up into the group um complaints about race goers complaining about their experience at warwick in regards to what they are and are not allowed to do yeah it's got it's an old one we covered it after after cheltenham is that look it's just race courses just refusing to let uh, race goers bring their own food and drinking and even just snacks. So a guy called Pigeon Island on Twitter um, actually tweeted, you know, he said there were scenes at Warwick last Monday where people were being asked to eat chocolate and crisps and stuff before going in, couldn't even take a snack in. And, and it spawned a lot of similar comments um, about other tracks. Um, it was just absolute madness. Now, you know, if I get it, if some tracks, if that's their policy, you can't bring a free course meal in, that's fair enough. But surely, I mean, you know, people with medical conditions were coming up and one guy said to the, the Cheltenham, um, Cheltenham frontline staff, just say, look, I, I've got to bring my own food in because I've got a medical condition. I can't eat your fish and chips, your burgers and stuff like that. And he said, well, next, he said, no, you're not bringing it in. You, you'll need a doctor's note. To, you know, to actually verify the fact that you have got what? your condition. It's honestly, you go and read that that uh, that thread. It's it's absolutely madness. But you've got other 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 people were praising courses. I think Pontefract were uh, were praised. Hexham were praised. I think Sandown you can bring you know virtually bring a hamper in apparently and stuff like that, which is obviously. So I don't think the jockey club racecourses have got a policy on this. What they should do. I mean, like in this day and age with a cost of living crisis, you know, and anybody with kids as well, reading that thread, you wouldn't do it because kids are the fussiest, fussiest eaters in the world. And if you're saying they can't bring their little fruit shoots in or or their, you know, bag of crisps or food and mm -hmm. stuff, it's just absolute fucking madness. I mean, each track seems to have their own rules and regs on this, as you've said, TC. Mm. Um, but I know from like often I'll take my lunch in, uh, you know, as an on-course reporter, just because I'm not going to go and buy a burger or the fish and chips. And sometimes I've been stopped, but then obviously I'm plough on because I sort of claim to be staff, essentially. But it is... It, it does seem different. Yeah, different tracks have different policies on this. It's one of my big takeaways from my limited time racing in America. When I went to Saratoga, it's amazing. Like everyone arrives with all their homemade hampers and picnics. And it's like everyone's it's like once you bought your ticket, you can bring in your food and drink. You can go for your life. It's like a picnic sort of park type atmosphere. And I came away thinking, you know, some tracks in Britain don't let like some poor bugger bring in their bag of crisps. And you've got these people being bringing like platters of starters, mains and puddings. It's a very different way of doing it. And it's much more about a sort of laid back customer experience. But different strokes, different folks. And I suppose if the rules are there on the website, maybe some people out there would claim they should have read them before they went with their food. To a bloody Mars bar or bag of cheese and onion, should it? For fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we're wrapping up, guys. Anybody got anything else to add to the international guys going back to their city breaks? TC will be staying in his box room. Actually, on... actually I've got a question for you. I've actually got to go up to Edinburgh for the day because um, I'm going on Wednesday. I'm going up on EasyJet. Do I need to take a passport? I know that's a silly no. question. Yes. Blake, no. Uh, some sort no. of, of, I've asked two people I've got a yes and a no, and I've got a yes and a no here. Yeah, some sort of a photo ID and you'd be fine, won't you? Yeah. Someone said passport. I, I'll, I'll check before I go anyway. But I thought it was, I thought it was a wind-up. Because remember that one, there was there was that Oshin Murphy, uh, <laughs> all the jockeys took the piss out of him because they were going over the Seven Bridge on the way to Wales and they told him he had to take his, his passport to get Stop. to... That's a that's a that's how silly a bastard Ashley Murphy is. Even I don't anywhere by car in the UK. You don't need a passport, but 
Yeah. It was so, about it was about twelve at the time. In fairness, they say. Yeah, I was just about to say, fresh, wet behind the ears from Ireland, it's been really rinsed by the boys. Anyway, look lads, that wraps up the show. Thank you very much for watching and listening. As always, join us again on Thursday. We will be back with racing only better then. But for now, enjoy the week. Have a good one. Gamble responsibly if you are having a bet, and join us again on Thursday. <laughs>